Welcome to Semper Sometimes with Benny. So, um, I, uh, so some of you guys know, uh, I just did a couple episodes. I'm really hitting this recruiting hard. Um, and I've been getting a lot of feedback on the recruiting duty ones. Um, you know, I didn't start this podcast for just recruiting duty. I ever started it for many reasons. Um, but, you know, right now my, my views are really hitting on this recruiting duty thing. So, hey, I'm going to go with it. Um, and I've had some people reach out to me and, and say, hey, I have questions. I need advice and stuff like that. So um, I got my man, Dre. I've never met him. He hit me up like 10 minutes ago. I was like, yo, you want to hop on the pod? He's like, yo, let's do it. So um, just for confidentiality purposes and because he wants to tell his story, um, I don't even know the story yet. Uh, I just decided that we're just going to go with Dre. Um, so um, before I even introduce you, I, I want to I, I got to start this out every time like this. Everyone needs to understand one thing and one thing only. I am not an 8412. Um, anything that I say is coming from Benny. Um, it is just a... It is my advice. It's not doctrine. It is not anything. It, I am not in any way, shape, or form speaking on behalf of the Marine Corps. I am just saying, hey, these are some things that you could try to do. Um, and it's nothing that I've been, you know, no one has told me to say it or I'm not talking on behalf of the Marine Corps. So without further ado, Dre, welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely, man. So so what's going on, bro? Like what? What made you? First of all, um, I guess without giving too much context, what time is it where you're at right now? So it's about ten twenty. Okay. So, so what made you at ten twenty at night reach out to me and be like, "Bro, I heard you have a, you have good advice. I need some." Like, what happened? What's going well, on? I, I mean, I was just sitting here making some TCs until my boss told me <laughs> to stop, and I was just like at the point where you know. I don't know whether to lash out or should I just quit? Because at this point, it's fucking ridiculous. Excuse my language. I apologize. No, you're good. You're good. So, so here, here's the thing, bro. I'm, a, I'm gonna tell you the same thing I've told everybody I've ever met. Right? Um, I, I don't know you, right? So this is even gonna be more sincere coming from me. How long have you been in the Marine Corps? I've been in for about seven years now, coming up close to okay. eight. All right, so seven years, right? Do you and, and this is I just need to be real, right? Do you love the Marine Corps? I do. Okay. Do you love be? Are you a sergeant, staff sergeant? If you don't I'm mind me asking. All right. So do you love being a sergeant? I do. I enjoy okay. it. So you do, right? You've had great times. You've had bad times, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay. The last thing that you ever want to do is quit. And 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 that's just the reality of it, man. Is because no matter what you do, no matter what happens. And I don't know what you're going through, and we'll talk about it, but no matter what you're going through, bro, and I don't mean this to say that what you're going through isn't hard, right? But whatever you're going through, someone at some place has had it worse, right? And mm-hmm. the, and, the, and the reason why I say that is because, like, you've been – I don't know your story in the Marine Corps. I don't know your background, but when have Marines ever quit? Never. It's never been okay to do that, right? And, and the, what sucks is that the idea that someone even put it in your head that it should be an option because it's never been an option before. So all of a sudden we get on recruiting duty and now all of a sudden, and, and sometimes, and, and again, forgive me if you feel this way, I'm sorry, but whatever. Sometimes the idea that was in place in your head is because some 12 or some Sergeant major was like, listen, there's only two ways off recruiting duty. You either make it or you quit. Okay, well, why the hell, why, why the fuck would we even put that in your head? Because the word quit should never come out of your fucking mouth as a Marine. Because you've never been able to quit since a boot camp. You've never been told that wasn't even an option. Like in boot camp, they don't tell you that. They don't even tell. They don't even bring that word into existence because it's a stupid word, right? So, so your whole entire time you've been in the Marine Corps, you've always been taught that same thing: adapt, overcome, train, do all these things. But now all of a sudden, like how long have you been on the duty? Uh close to three months now. Okay. So you're fresh. Yo, um, are you had what do you have me on like speaker or something? Because I'm like echoing. Oh yes. Um that's kind of how I got the recording going right now. Okay. Um so so what's going on? So right now, what's what's going on? So you said you're out, you're you're making phone calls right now and so hold on. So you're making phone calls at ten o'clock at night? 
Is that what's going on? Absolutely. Okay. So here's where I, where where common sense comes into play. And again, I'm not dogging any staff NCO out there in the world right now. But the reality of it is, is that, and you're probably already thinking this because common sense is common sense, bro. First of all, I'm a father. My kids are only three and one. But if I was a father and I had a 17-year-old kid and you called my house at 10 o'clock, I'm going to come looking for you. Mm-hmm. Why? Are, if you call my house past dinner time, why are you, or, or my cell phone or whatever it is, bro, I'm not answering. Now, mind you, am I, am I ever going to say there's not a time and place for everything, right? So I'm, I'm a, I'll tell you this, right? So, bro, I, I'll, light nights, bro, I don't care. Like right now, it's 1130 where I'm at. And I, I don't care. Time means nothing to me. It's 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 a thing. It doesn't mean shit to me no more. And the reason why I say that is, bro, because I was that guy. You know, I, w- I would have my Marine, and I'm not going to say I wasn't, bro. I would have my Marines out till 1230, 1 o'clock at night. But the times that I had that were the times that, one, we were hurting. Two, it was because that person didn't do shit all day long, and I knew they didn't do shit. So I was like, you know what? You want to F with my time. Now you're going to be out there all night. But now, mind you, I was a different type of person. If you're in my office and and you're at work, then guess what? I'm sitting right next to you because that's just who I was as a person. You can ask any Marines I ever had. Literally any of them will tell you if I was at, if they were at work, I was right there with them. Now, some people don't agree with that, whatever. But that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, it really comes down to and I keep trying to tell people this. I don't know your your staff and COIC's mindset. I don't know if maybe this is something that's coming from the command that this is what should happen. I don't know. So I can't really speak on that. But again, it's that sense of like, hey, let's take a common sense look at this. But now, mind you, again, per person, place and thing in time. Right. If you know, I'll, I'll tell you, honestly, have I ever, you know, found the contract or a kid that was going to join the Marine Corps and ship at after 10 o'clock? After four years on the streets, maybe once, maybe twice, but you really take into effect the amount of man hours and the time. Like, was it really worth it? The answer is no. Um, so do I understand punishments? Do I understand things like that? No. Um, do I feel like there's a time and place? Yes. But the reality of it is, is that if you're at work past 20, past 2100, nine o'clock, if you're at work past that point, what the what are you doing that's productive? You're not. Absolutely. You know, but now but now here's my question though, right? Because I don't want to be that guy who who only like again, I, I want to understand the situation, right? So what did you what time did you get to work today? Got into work at uh eight. eight okay. O'clock. What did you do? What was your what was your day? What'd you do today? So it was pretty much uh basically because we're down so bad, uh-huh. um after making a few TCs, we did a bunch of HBs all day after um uh after I went to pick my kids up from MEPS. Mm-hmm. So hold on, so you got so hold on, hold on. So you got kids at MEPS? Yeah, I had a kid at MEPS today. Um, what was he, what was he doing? Contracting? What was he? Oh, uh, he was East in today. So, so he contracted. Yes. And then you said kids. Was there more than one kid or just him? It was just him. Okay, so then it's it's kid, not kids. But uh, yo, words mean things. <laughs> So yeah. that's some I'm telling you, and I mean that not in a disrespectful way, but you realize that you know, and this is something that you're going to learn as you're on the on the streets. You have to remember what you're saying and why you're saying it, because if you say kids, then that makes me think, okay, well, you pluralize that there's more than one, right? Mm-hmm. So, so now, okay, so so here's my thing, all right, and again, this is my my mentality. Something that I started doing um, was when I, when if you wrote a contract, the moment you wrote a contract, it was up to you. So either I get the call, hey, your kid contracted, come get him. So now I will sit down with you and I'll ask you, hey, man, hey, Dre, do you want to go home right now and have the rest of the day off and I'll see you tomorrow? Or do you want to take the MEPS run, go get your kid, take a picture with him, you know, buy him lunch or whatever, and then tomorrow you can just have the whole day. Now, why do I do that? Because now you are going to you're going to relate a contract with success you're going to relate oh shit i did my job and i got something now mind you mind you i also am the same person who 
when I was on the streets as a recruiter, I didn't care about that. Why? Because I'm a recruiter and my job is to write contracts and recruit. So I didn't feel like I deserved time off because I was just doing my job, right? So it's it's kind of like a double-edged sword for me. But then I became a staff NCO and I realized, okay, well, if I just expect you to do your job, then if you're doing your job, then I should be able to give you time off because you're doing your job. So with me, as long as you were doing your job, I was going to give you the time that you deserved. Now, mind you, were there times where we had to do extra hours, we had to do whatever? Was there times where I fucked up? I'm not going to sit here and say no. Um, but it's really just a double-edged sword. So now, okay, so you go pick up your kid, you kick contracts, then what, what happened then? So once I, uh, once I took him uh, home, um, really at that point, I was uh, just kind of – I was really trying to get some stuff prepared for uh, another individual that I'm trying to contract um, for – well, hopefully I was trying to do it this month, but he's going to be next month because it's a lot of medical stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had to deal with him and his mother because his mother lives in Tennessee. So um, we're just trying to figure that out. All right. So here's I'm going to interrupt you. Right. So here's something that you probably already learned and somebody probably already told you. You got to be careful with what you're, what you're doing. You have to make sure that what you're you have to make sure that what you're doing is planned out and it makes sense. The reason why I say that is because right now you're talking everything you're telling me you've done today is support. Mm-hmm. So you you did a and you got a kid, you got a contract, great, I'm happy for you. But now you're talking about you know it's it's freaking Tuesday, and you're talking about getting medical docs, you're talking about getting doing paperwork with a kid who can't go up till next month, bro. Mm-hmm. That's some shit that you number one either your staff and CRC should be dealing with, or number two. That's some shit that you should be dealing with on the side. That's not a project that you should be dealing with at freaking noon on a Tuesday. Because what you should be dealing like, that's like some some Friday afternoon type shit. Because mm-hmm. realistically, you need to. And, and on top of that, in my, again, this is my opinion. It's not factual. People feel differently. But in my opinion, at three months on the streets as a recruiter, you should not be you're not equipped to to be dealing with bumeds and and medical documents and and all those things, you're not there yet. Unless you are, maybe you are, and you're beyond what I believe. Far, but, far from that. Exactly. So, really, realistically, now, mind you, if your staff and CIC or whoever is helping with you, that's a different story. But for you to be dealing with a bumed at this time in the game, it's you know that's far and in between. Like you should be focusing on new blood. And maybe the senior recruiter in the office should be the one who's dealing with that. Um, because now you're taking away from your prospecting time, which is why I'm assuming at 1030 at night, you were making TCs to get up your numbers because you didn't have enough TCs throughout the day. Um, no. So, I mean, the staff NCO just decided that we're all like every recruiter in this office is just going to make TCs until he told us not to. Mm. So, um, I mean, I will I will admit uh, in terms of my prospecting today, it was very low. Um, but that's the thing, bro. It's reality, man. Like you're not, bro. If anybody believes that you're going to be able to knock out 150 TCs and you're going to be able to knock out a however many HVs and all those things, yeah, 300. First of all, first of all, if you're listening to me out there and you're a staff in CUSC or whoever the heck you are. Again, this is not me being rude, but reality is is that, bro, let me see you sit down and make 300 TCs. Let me let me see you as, as a Marine sit down. I've done it. Have I done it? I have. And I remember it's funny because I, I always used to say that to Marines. I'd be like, hey, you want an appointment? Go find, go make 300 TCs. Why? Because, because I did. You know, I remember uh, my boy, I was a Lance Corporal on the duty. Um, no, I had just picked a Corporal and I was um, on Recruiter's Aid. And a friend of mine, Staff Sergeant type, he was like, hey, listen, man, you're going to sit down, you make 300 TCs, and then till your 300 phone call, you're not going to get off of that desk. And no lie, I said, I staff sergeant because that's what you do. When a staff sergeant tells you to do some shit, do some shit. But for some reason, I'm recruiting duty that, that goes out the window. But so this dude told me, hey, staff sergeant. And he said, hey, corporal, you're going to make this. I said, all right, work. No lie, sat there all day. Freaking nothing, nothing, nothing. My 300th TC. I freaking got this dude. His name is Raul Pacheco. I'll never forget it because it was the craziest shit. My boy was like, bro, I fucking told you, didn't I? I was like, bro, no way. Mind you, 
have I done that before? Yeah, I've done it again and again. That was the only time it worked, and that was that shit was fucking eight years ago. Now, did it work? Did the kid contract? Yeah, but guess what? It I, the kid contracted, but I did everything the right way. I I got that kid. I went to pick him up. I did the same day interview. He became an NWA. Then I went to his house. I got the docs. Then I went to the doctors. I got the docs. Then I came back. I put him on deck. So I did everything I knew I had to. I got all the medical because he had a uh, he had braces. So I did everything I knew I had to do so X, Y, and Z was met so I didn't get fucked up. But my point mm-hmm. of the matter is, is that could something like that work? Yeah. But now, if you'd sit here and tell, you know, if you if you come in the morning, and, and I was actually just talking to a buddy of mine who's an 8412. I was asking him for some advice. And because uh, even though I'm not on Marine Corps recruiting duty, I still like to learn about it. I like uh, it's a passion of mine. So. I was asking him, and we were just talking, and he was like, listen, bro, nine times out of ten, people that that deal with micromanaging are people who don't really know how to train adequately. Mm-hmm. They they feel like, well, if I, if I let them alone to their own devices and I'm out there to supervise them, then they're not going to do as good. And it's because I haven't given them the training that, that they need. So, And there's a lot of other things that come into play, but my personal opinion, like I've said in another episode, I'm politely, I don't agree with micromanagement. I think that if you were in a in a higher position in life at this point, that it shouldn't be something you still utilize because you should be well beyond that and you should have enough tools in your toolbox to where micromanagement is the last thing that you need to use. Now, mind you, do I believe that there are times and a place for micromanagement? Yes, um, but I don't believe it's something that should be done every day. Like having a, having a group of Marines in the office that have now been at work for 12 hours, now what's going to happen? You're not going to, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, you're not going to walk in there ready for the day. You're going to be like, fuck, I got to do this shit again. Mm -hmm. So instead of giving good quality training and understand what's going on, and you said you got, so so what's leading you, you know, what's leading you to the point where you're like, bro, I I think I just want to quit. Like what's what's going on that you feel like that's... So I'll just I'll just kind of start from the beginning, honestly. Okay. Yeah, there yeah. are steps here, and I know I've only been here for three months, but mm-hmm. I mean I kind of knew what I was getting into, so I came in with the right mentality, I believe, because I knew it was going to be a grind, long nights. But uh, mm-hmm. when I got here and I met my staff and CEO, you know, I was asking them legit questions because I wanted to see what my time out here would be because I was taking over his AO. So he's like, you know, you got a great AO. I got rookie recruit of the year out of it. Uh, you know, I typically write twos, uh, threes here and there, maybe a one once in a while. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. I kind of see what I'm potentially going to get myself into. So uh, my first, you know, I'm hitting the phone. He's like, you know, these lists are fresh. That was, that was pretty much the first line right there. That was the first strike. So I was like, okay, these lists are fresh. And I'm hitting these numbers. You know, I'm making like 200 phone calls a day, um, not getting anything. And, you know, he's constantly like shitting on me like I'm supposed to be like the super fucking guy at making TCs and uh, like ACs and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the senior recruiters before he left, he uh, he was talking to me and we were here late at night. And he's like, you know, you're actually doing good work, you know, and he, he actually like trained me up a little bit and I started doing things his way. And uh, the next morning, the boss got mad at me because I was doing the things that that recruited away. He goes, you shouldn't emulate him. He's trash. He's a piece of shit. Like, he's just going in on this guy. And I couldn't figure out for the life of me why. Damn, okay. I was, I was thinking about it, too, because I was like, you know, this guy just wrote his third contract for the month. He's working on two or three more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, what's the issue here? Like, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, we kind of fast forward. Um you know this dude's all in my space like i can barely breathe without this dude like like he's like standing over me playing candy crush and you know i i i truly like i I giggle i laugh and he goes hey what's up what i'm like what are you talking about like i you know like i just got shit on on the phone i'm I'm on to the next and he's like pick him up pick him down pick him up pick him down that's what i used to do like all the other recruiters they sit here and say how do you make 200 phone calls in like an hour or something i'm like that's a lie bro I can mm-hmm. barely make 50 an hour. Like, yeah. that's impossible. Mm-hmm. So he he leaves that day, and um, 
you know, he pissed the senior recruiter off that day. And he's like, you know, Cook, don't worry about him. What you're doing is actually working. You just got to, you know, check yourself out. Um, you know, try something out for 30 days, check the data, and then just kind of adjust as you go. He was like, don't worry about him. I used to work that AO2. That's the only reason why he got rookie recruiter out of there. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like what? Okay, like now okay. I was like, all right. Now we yeah. got he goes, he rolled a nut like four months in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't know the truth, the truth came out, bro. So he's like, he doesn't know any one of those schools. Like, I can link you up with some educators here and there. Mm-hmm. So as this senior dude is actually like, you know, grooming me up, he's introducing me to people. You know, I, I asked him one day because he's like pissed off at me for um, bailing on this event that I actually got kicked out of. He was like, you better go back. He was like, I, there's some teachers out there. They know me. Uh, go talk to them. So I, I went up to these teachers and I was like, hey, do you guys know this person? They're like, we don't know this guy. Who is he? And then the other school I'm working in, they're like, we hate him. So I, I confronted him. I was like, hey, these people don't know you and they hate you. He goes, they must be new. So I was like, okay, he's going to continue to lie. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, man, I know you can do it. Um, you Wait, this to- is the, and this is the staff at CUIC, right? This is the staff in CUIC. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure I'm checking. Okay. So the senior dude, senior dude leaves, um, and we get a, a new recruiter. And one day, um, it was a, it was a Monday morning. I will never forget this because this, this was literally the first strike, um, that week, I I crushed it. I had five interviews, two NWAs, and uh, we we're we we're prepping packages for both both of the individuals. Okay. And and the uh, ops chief called, and he goes, you know, you didn't have uh, an appointment on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like, what were you doing? And for a moment, I had to think about it. I was like, you know, what did I do? Because clearly there wasn't nothing there. Yeah. But then I was talking to the ops show. I was like, hold on, I did this. I got this interview. I did that. He was like, all right, I'm going to check the numbers. I'll call you back. He never called back. But my staff and CEO had the nerve to look me in the face and say, hey, this day you made one TC. That day you made four TCs. And I was like, bro, you literally sat there and you were breathing down my throat as I called people from a paper list, as I was doing a bunch of other stuff, trying to set appointments and get PC, do a bunch of other things. Like, how dare you say I didn't do shit? And you said this to him? No, so I didn't say this because I didn't know how to react at the moment. I was like, Yeah, so this is in your head. I got you. I got you. I was like, Are you serious? Like, I was like, You know, I just got shit on by the ops right, chief. Yo, I'm going a, I'm going a, I'm to a stop you just for a second because I don't want to, I don't want to forget my thoughts and then we got to repack this. So hold on. I'm going to stop you right there for a second, right? So, so what I understand is going on, man, it, it is. I had a master gunny who's a uh, 84 fellow tell me this, and I can't really say his name, but whatever. So he said this perfectly, man. He said you either you either live the legend or you tell your or you tell the legend or, or something like that. I can't remember, but he pretty much was, what he's saying is that you you're either gonna be the legend that you speak of, or or you're gonna just talk about a legend. And the thing is, is that like that people don't realize for whatever reason, people that are grown ass men don't realize. Bro, the more lies you tell, eventually it's going to come back to haunt you. And people are going to get caught up. And and what you got to understand, man, is that, like, you – and unfortunately, sometimes this happens. And I'll tell you, it happened to me, bro. The, um, you know, the first year I was on the street, I was supposed to win Rick, Rookie Recruiter of the Year. And I didn't win Rookie Recruiter. I lost to a female. I can't remember her name. And I literally, my boy was the dude in ops, and I asked him, I was like, bro, what the fuck happened? Why the hell? I know I had better numbers. I know I did. And straight out, he literally told me, he was like, bro, well, they they gave us some bullshit technicality that you were one month too senior, so she won by because of that. And the reason why I bring this up is because, man, some people get awards they should have never been gotten. Then mm-hmm. on top of that, they get these awards and it goes to their head. Bro, I had a friend of mine, one of my best friends. I talked to him all the time, but I fuck with him. Dude got Rookie Recruiter of the Year. Guess what happened to him that same month that he got Rookie Recruiter of the Year? He wrote a nut. And I was like, bro, how could you be that good and write a nut? Clearly, there's something going on here that ain't real. 
Because that wouldn't happen. If you were that good, that shit wouldn't happen, right? So the reason why I stopped you and I wanted to talk to you is because at the end of the day, bro, there's a reason why that man feels like he has to go out there and he has to lie about whatever it is. And sometimes we forget that. We forget that maybe there's something deeper going on in this dude's life, right? And and, and instead of being mad about it and instead of getting all bent out of shape about it, we just got to understand, okay, you know what? I'm going to be better than that. I'm and now I know I've been he's taught me through his own lies that I can't trust this dude, right? Mm-hmm. So so instead of you getting, you know, so and and that's the thing too, is as leaders, man, like your boy who's the senior recruiter over here, that's the other thing you gotta understand too, man. Sometimes people who were put in leadership positions shouldn't be in leadership positions. You know, I had a eighty four twelve tell me this a while back. He was like, Hey man, just because you're a great recruiter doesn't mean you're gonna be a great boss. And unfortunately, that's the truth. Some some people, you know, get get promoted to, you know, higher than their time or, you know, it's called the. Um, so my boy, he he's another 8412s and he, and he talks about this, man. And he he um, it, it's crazy because if you look into it, and I'm going to look it up before I quote it because I don't want to fuck it up. But there's this thing. Have you ever heard of the Peter principle? No, I don't think I have. All right. So. There's this thing. It's an actual thing, right? And they made a book about it and everything. So the Peter Principle, it is a concept in management developed by Lawrence J. Peter, which observes that people in a hierarchy tend to rise to their maximum level of incompetence. So there's there's a point in your career where you're going to reach a level and and you can't surpass that. So employees are promoted based on their success in previous jobs until they reach a level at which they are no longer competent at skills in one job do not necessarily translate to another. So sometimes people are just put in these positions where they can't go no further and they actually shouldn't even have been there and they've reached their capacity and they don't know that. And now at that point, it's too late. So what I'm saying is, is that we have to understand from a different viewpoint that maybe this guy you know, maybe he does mean well, or maybe he doesn't. But there's something going on deeper in this dude's psyche where he is effed up. Now, the biggest thing that I keep trying to tell people, and I asked why I asked you, well, did you say these things to him, right? Is at the end of the day, bro, you're a grown-ass man, and you're a Marine, and you're a sergeant. Mm-hmm. I'm, not t- I'm not telling you to lose tact. I'm not telling you to go be disrespectful. But, bro, I've done it. I've gone into my boss's office, closed the door, and said, hey, me and you need to have a closed-door conversation right now. And I've had my A-gunner right next to me because I needed somebody as a witness to make sure that they knew that I didn't say nothing crazy and off the wall. And I confronted him because, you know, I'll share a story. I I was a really successful recruiter, and they decided to move me to a new AL, right? They decided to move me to a new RSS. And um, a friend of mine at the time I thought was a friend of mine, someone that I looked up to. And I thought same thing. I heard glory stories about this dude. This dude wrote 11 contracts in one month. This dude was crazy. I heard all these great things about this dude. Right. And, and me and him, before I went to his office, me and him were in the car. I never forget it. It was me, him in the car and this other heavy hitter. And we were able to go away to this event, this gala in Manhattan because if because we were the heaviest hitters in the state, they let us go to this gala in Manhattan, and it was a beautiful gala. I'll never forget it. And the funny thing is, is that this dude wrote eleven contracts in one month, right? And I thought this dude was like, and bro, I've written the most. I, I never wrote more than four because I just didn't let myself. It's stupid. But I wrote I wrote eight bats four times. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I wrote four bat. I wrote eight bats. Yeah, so four a month, eight times, whatever. So I, but this dude writing 11, I was like, bro, this dude got to be a killer. Like, I got to go learn from him. I'm like so excited that he's about to be my boss and I'm about to go learn all this shit from him, right? And lo and behold, the night of this gala, we're on the way to Manhattan and we're sitting in the car, me, him, and my other boy. And we're just talking. And the three of us are heavy hitters. Like, we're killing it. We're the three top recruiters in the state at the time. And, you know, so it's like three, got three Dons, you know, three mob bosses sitting in a car, right? And we're just talking and we're talking about like, oh, uh, you know, when I'm a staff in CYC, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do this. So then I find out like a couple of days later that I'm actually about to go work for this dude. So I'm like, all right, where yo? He told me this, this and the third. Like, yo, I should dope. I'm, I can't wait for working for this dude, bro. First day I walk in the office, I start working for the dude and um, he got me fucked up. 
And I ended up going at him in, in a respectable manner. Um, and I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. Because essentially what he wanted me to do is he had just, so like you said, he, this was his old, old AO and now he was the boss, right? Mm-hmm. So same thing. And this dude, oh, his old AO, he was the boss. Now it was June of this, that summer. And he was like, hey, man, I need you to go to all these graduations and I need you to be there. And I was like, what? I was like, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, why would I go to your graduation? I was like, you're still here. You're still in the same office. And those police know you. Those t- those teachers know you. So why would I be the person to go to that office and be in that office and, and be at that school? Especially when you already know right now that a month from now, I'm going to leave and go to a new office and be the boss. I'm only here right now to just learn some shit in a different area. I'm not staying here. So why would I go and meet educators in an AO that it's not going to be mine? inevitably and you have a brand new recruiter that just checked in why mm-hmm. wouldn't it be him and why wouldn't it be you introducing him to these people that's what i said and and now mind you at first i said this just me and him and then and then he he kind of came at me and then was like whatever so then the next day which was the day of the graduations i said it again but now i said it in front of the whole office and i was like listen I think I don't know if it was a gunny at the time or a staff sergeant, but I was like, "Listen, bro." I was like, "You're sitting here talking about how you want me to go do this, this, and the third. That doesn't make sense." And then I gave him the whiff. Him, I was like, "Bro, you got a brand new recruiter here who just checked it out with BRC. That's going to be his AO. You take him, you introduce him to all these people, so he understands exactly what it should look like and how this works." Now, mind you. As as a couple of weeks and months go by, I start asking questions, and I knew all these recruiters already. Some of them are my boys. Like one of them was my boy for ten years. I put him on the duty, and um, I start talking to him. And I find out that that month this dude wrote an eleven. It was the recruiter who was getting out, two or three of his kids. It was discharges that became comp codes. It was, mm-hmm. and, and then his boss at the time. If you fucked up, what his boss would do is his boss would take your kid and give it to him. Mm. <clears throat> so I'm so the whole state's thinking this dude is some rock star, but yet realistically, this dude didn't write eleven contracts. They were left. They were everybody else's and their mothers. And then it was funny because you started seeing it all unravel. You started seeing this dude acting. And you saw him, you saw his interviews, you saw the way he was talking to people, and you immediately were like, bro, that wasn't you. Those numbers aren't you. And 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 you saw it. And you know, and the one thing I, I, I'll tell you, man, is that you know, people people have a very easy way of putting on a facade. People have a very easy way of lying to people and making it look one way. Um, but what I really want to tell you, man, is it what it seems like is and I know this isn't, you know, the right, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but telling you, man, that <clears throat> what you're saying that you're going through is not, unfortunately, it's not the first time you're going to go through it. It's not the last time you're going to go through it. Okay. Um, and at the same time, you're not the only one who's going through it because I'm telling you right now, I've been exactly where you are. I'm telling you, I've been, uh, I had a boss when I first started off the duty who same thing told me he was the dawn told me he was the boss he knew everything and then I and then you know what's crazy in 2 years of him being my boss I never saw him conduct one interview mm. every time I saw him talk to a parent they were disgusted every time I saw him talk to a kid they were like bro who is this dude and why is he talking to me so there's people out there who literally build a facade that's not real and some of them are really good at it, and some of them never get caught. But the reality of it is, is that you know, as Marines, what do we do? We know where, we know ourselves, and we seek self improvement. So if you, unfortunately, sometimes there isn't that person who's right there, who's your boss, who you can ask that help for. But you know, luckily for you, you know, you had that that senior staff sergeant or senior sergeant, or whoever it was, that was able to say, "Hey, listen, man, you are doing good." And and this is for for any staff NCO out there, y'all y'all gotta realize, and I I learned this the hard way. You you gotta understand that coming at and I, I'm telling you I'm I'm gonna be real I was your sister I was um I used to blast my boy Durkey I used to blast the fuck out of him 
I'd be like, bitch, hang that fucking phone up. Why the fuck you sound like that? Like I, I would bug the hell out on her. Um, I would, and I would say some mean shit. I'd be like, bro, I, I, bro, I would get to the point where I'd be like, you know what? Get in your car and go home. I don't want to see you. And I would just flip the hell out on them. I've done it, man. I've, I've thrown tables. I've thrown chairs. I've, I've gone crazy. Um, but with the reason why I'm saying that is that because, you know, sometimes you, you get so deep into this job of the staff at USC role that you forget where you came from. You forget how things were. So I'm not at all telling you that what your boss is doing is or isn't right. I'm just saying that sometimes we have to get to that back and realize, okay, well, Maybe there's something that he's going through. Maybe he has, you know, an issue with self-confidence. Maybe he has an issue with pride. Um, But now, mind you, what you have to do is you have to go to him. You have to. You have to go to him as a man and be like, listen, bro, I'm out here. I'm I'm, I'm on this duty. I got seven years in the Marine Corps. The last thing I'm ever going to do is quit. What I need to do is be the best version of myself. And right now, you're not helping me be that person. Right now, me... And you know what you do? I don't know if they, I know they still have them, but, and this will, this will show people some real shit, right? They have these, uh, I don't remember what it's called, um, forgive me, but they have these analysis sheets that you can pull off, right? Mm-hmm. And that, now mind you, in McCris, there is a part of McCris where it'll it'll go through your numbers and, and it'll tell you, like there's a part where it analysis, an, analysis, does an analysis on your numbers. I can't remember where it is. I'm sorry. If I had McCris in front of me, I could do it, but whatever. But they have like the RI shop or the ARI shop. They have a printout of it so you can do it. And it's better for you to do it yourself, right? Because you need to know your numbers. A lot of people say, fuck the numbers. That's not true. You need to be able to know your numbers because if you, I just did an episode about this before I talked to you, but you need to, un- people, no one ever understood because I, I don't know about you, but a lot of people say, oh, McCris is bullshit, right? And a lot of recruiters tell you that when you when you first get on the street, oh, McCris is bullshit. Don't even worry about it, right? Uh-huh. The reality of it is that that's not true. The thing is, is that McCris is a, is a, it could be utilized as a great tool. It's just that nobody's taught how to use it the right way. So it's like having an M4 and you don't know how to use your TO weapon. It's just something that's stupid. You need to know how to use it. You need to go to the range. You need, you need to know how to BZO it. So the problem is that a lot of people don't know how to use McCris to the full capability of using McCris. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is because if you were to go to your staff in CYC and say, hey, listen, Sassar, I know my numbers, and my numbers are telling me that I need to make this many TCs to get this. But, Stassar, you've been having us make these 300 TCs throughout the whole entire day. And what I'm realizing is that it's not doing anything for me systematically. So my numbers, because right now you're at three months on the recruiting, on the duty, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so that means that right now you have 90 days worth of data. So right now you've compiled enough data to where you should be able to know Okay, hey, I need to make this many phone calls. I need to make this many HVs. I need to make this many to get a contract. You should be able to know those numbers. But now, if you don't know those numbers, that's your fault. But it's also your staff and CIC's fault for not teaching you how to know those numbers because it's very imperative that you know because the you can't build a good plan if you don't know what you got to do. So, for instance, like what you're talking about, you know, I had a guy who his AO, if you made phone calls, he if you made, he could make 300 TCs in his in, his, in a day. And he wouldn't get shit. But we found out that if he went out and made 11 HVs, he would get one guaranteed interview a day. No matter what, 11 HVs meant one interview. Okay? So we started thinking, okay, well, then why don't we do this, right? Why don't you, you know, I'm not saying to scratch TCs, but why don't you do this? Why don't you set up, you know, get there's different apps that you can use to where that's HVs, if you don't know this, there's different apps that you can use to where the HV, you, you put in addresses and it plots it in a faster pace so you don't lose time. Um, there's all different ones like geo caching and shit like that. Like they're dope ass apps. Some of them you got to pay for, but whatever. So what we would do is we would put in, so we knew that if he had 11, if he did 11 HVs, he would get one interview, right? So what we would do is we would map out 11 HVs, maybe sometimes more, um, and then he would print out a list or have his laptop, and then he would do like two or three HVs, make 25 TCs. Two or three HVs, make 25 TCs. Okay. And this this way, he was still hitting both prospecting objectives, but he wasn't stuck in the office. Now, mind you, because that's the thing, bro. If you're sitting behind the desk all day long, your, your head's done. Your head is freaking done. 
you got to get away from that screen. So what I always tried to do was I tried to just be out the office all day long. Unless it was like rainy and disgusting out. All right, well, then those are the days that we're going to do TC power hour and we all as an office kick it. So what I would do is I would have all my guys in the office for a straight hour make TCs. And then after an hour, we would turn, we would turn, we would have a timer on. And then after that hour hit, we would stop, go out for a couple of cigarettes, get a bite to eat. And then 15, 20 minutes later, boom, we would do it all over again because it, and it worked because you would hear other people making phone calls. You would do shit like that. It really worked. But, yeah. um, but what I would also do is I would have Marines go out and say, Hey, listen, you're going to go out HVTCAC. Or what I also did was I used to take the van and I would drive and I would have all my recruiters in the van. And then I would have all five of them TCing in the van and we would make phone calls throughout the day. And then we would stop at random plazas or I would open up the window and I'd be like, yo, go get him. And then someone would hop out the car and go get the kid and talk to him and get the AC, get the pack at the appointment. So we made, we made games out of it. We made it, had it, we had got to make it fun. But what mm-hmm. I'm trying to, but the thing is that people don't think out of the box. And then all of a sudden that's why people hate the duty is because they spend three years on the duty and they don't want to do different shit. And now you're, you hate yourself and you hate your life because you're doing the same thing every day. So, um, what I'm trying to get at in a whole is you have to plan out your own day. And I'm not, I'm not telling you to, to, to be decisive to your staff and Sue I see or, or stuff like that. But bro, it, it, sometimes, man, I've, I've had staff and Sue I see be like that. And I'll just tell them, you know what? I got the same day and I got this. And, and I wouldn't tell them about an appointment until I had it in the office until it was reality. Um, and I say that only because, you know, sometimes if, if if my boss wants to call this kid, I know like I had a boss that I knew if I, if my boss called my kid to verify my appointment, I knew for a fact the kid wasn't going to come in no more. That sounds like my boss. So I would literally just tell my I, honestly. And I'm again, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just telling you what I did. I would tell my boss I didn't have an appointment for today. But then guess what? Tomorrow when he called in numbers, I had two same days. And Why? Because I found out that my boss didn't have good sales skills and he was actually unselling my appointments when he was trying to verify them. And my, now, mind you, that's a conversation you got to have with the man. Hey, listen, Staff Sergeant, I'll get what you're trying to do. And I understand that probably you're being told this by the command and someone's telling you to do it. But this is the thing, Staff Sergeant. I've realized, per my numbers, that I set all these appointments, but then you call them and now they don't, they no show. Maybe there's something going on. Maybe there's a disconnect here. Maybe, you know, maybe there's something that you're doing that maybe is 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 working on the opposite spectrum for me and it's not helping me. And then again, you have these open door conversations and you try to prevent, you know, other issues from happening and you explain to him what's going on. And then at the same time, again, this, I just talked about this in my other episode, you have to come from a place of love. So whether you're not, you can't stand this dude or not, if you if you go to him and try to fix something and you come at him in a nasty way or you come at him in a defensive attacking way, then he immediately is going to throw a guard up. But if you come at him in love and you're like, hey, brother, listen, man, I'm just talking to you because I love you and you're my brother in the Marine Corps and I really want to help you and I need you to help me. That can change the whole entire conversation of how it goes. That and actually brings up um, like my second point. Yeah, so what happened? Because <laughs> it's pretty funny because um, uh, the other recruiters noticed that, that you know, I'm, I'm pretty much better in terms of being out in public and talking to people. And I got actually a little a little fan base going on in my AO. But um, I uh, there's there was a kid who was really interested in the Marines. He wanted to do it. But his parents was the busy, biggest obstacle. Uh he he come to the office anymore at all because his dad told him not to. Mm-hmm. Now, I reached out to this kid and I got him to come in because no other recruiter was able to. Um, okay. This kid was like really invested. He really wanted me to, like, you know, see what he had going on. So when I got him in, my staff and CEO came out and he snatched the kid away from me. So I was like, well, this kid's never coming back. As he leaves the office, he's all like he's coming in with his vitals. Um, um, we just have to make sure we get some uh, ARI or the RI in front of this kid's dad for PC. So I was like, that's never going to happen. You're never going to hit him up. 
the mm-hmm. very next day the kid was supposed to come in he no show like i knew he was mm-hmm. so he's blasting me like he legit like went off on me because he's like why isn't this kid here and i i sat there and i told him i was like i did not set an appointment with this kid he was like you better call him and get him in the office now so i was like what do you want me to do mm-hmm. and he's like, you better figure it the fuck out so i call him and he He's like, and we're, uh, and I didn't even really try to push anything. I was like, hey, man, I thought you were coming in. What happened? He was like, oh, yeah, my dad, this, that, and the third. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, your dad, you know, he does carpentry work. He gets home. He's tired. Mm-hmm. Very understandable. I could come to you. We could just talk. I need to get my floors done anyways, you know. And we kind of ended the conversation there. And he started going off, like, why the fuck would you say that? get him in here he has to be here now so i call the kid back i'm like hey man you gotta understand that like i have a lot more accessible time but uh you know my boss is the boss and he was like oh i didn't realize that you know we'll figure some stuff out so i was like all right hey man um his time isn't flexible just come in this day and we're gonna make it work Mm -hmm. he was like all right cool so I finally get the kid to come in. He brings his parents. Parents didn't need to talk to the ARI, RI, none of that. Parents came in, signed the paperwork, and uh, we got in the process. Mm-hmm. Now, fast forward, here's where it gets funny. Because the, uh, the bone roller in the office, he calls me, and he's all like, hey, why was the boss blasting you for this kid? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, this, this wasn't your kid. Like, this kid had absolutely nothing to do with you. Like this, this, this is going down for another recruiter. And he was like hounding you like it was yours. And like, we both had a moment, like a split second and we paused and we started laughing. I was like, yo, he was hounding me. And the other recruiter was like, you know, thank you. I appreciate it. And I was like, yo, like nothing happened. Like, like you did no work. I literally had to sell this kid to come back, did his paperwork, got his parents to sign PC Mm-hmm. Um, got him through the door and I got literally railed out for the whole process with no no reward and I was PTing to another kid so he can lose weight to go up that had absolutely nothing to do with me yeah. we fast forward at the end of the week um, some random kid who could not pass the ASVAB came through the door and he went off the rails. He was like, shut the fuck up. I don't fucking like you. Stop talking to me. And I was, I was like, generally getting ready to legit go to jail because I was, like, two seconds away from choking the life out of this kid. So the other recruiters are trying to calm me down. So I, I'll go to the boss because he's downstairs smoking and joking. I'm like, hey, this kid got to fucking go or I'm about to murder him. And like, I'll tell him what happened. I'm like, all right, he, like, that's it. He's done. So he's like, wait, hold on. Like, let me talk to him. I'm like, no, he got he got to go. Like, I'm not about to sit in here 14, 16 hours a day getting shit on by you getting shit on by the command. And I'm about to get shit on by this fucking kid for no absolute reason at all. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is supposed to be my fucking home. Like, they're like, get this kid the fuck out of here. So he goes in there. He's like, he swears he's smooth talking this kid. He comes out and he tells him, you have to give him a apology. As he takes this kid home. So I'm like, oh, you got me fucked up, dude. Mm-hmm. So that's when I, I was like, yo, like, you know, I'm not fucking with you. He was like, you probably don't think I don't I don't have your back. I was like, you definitely don't. This kid just came in here the worst way. And you told him, like, hey, man, I'll go to your house. Let me take you home. We'll figure it out. We're going to make you a Marine. I was like, this kid will never be a fucking Marine as long as I'm in his office. Mm-hmm. So it, I said all that to, to say this. It's like he, 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 he attacks me in terms of like how I prospect in terms of TCN. Because I'm not going to lie, my TCs are terrible. But when I get in front of someone, it's genuine. So why do you, why do you think your TCs are terrible? Well, I'm the more person. So I feel like I'm more the type of individual who, who judge a, a character like or a person based off of their their nonverbal cues, mm-hmm. so I can I can pretty much assess whether like maybe you're a little scared, like maybe there's a little reluctancy or things of that nature based on how you move. 
not mm-hmm. only what you say, because what you say doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, when when I go out ACN with the boss, and he's like, why didn't you set an appointment? You could have pushed a little bit further. It's like, well, I already have the energy, like the vibe that he's going to no show me. So why am I wasting my time when I can go spend this time looking for another kid who will go? Because so I'm, I'm gonna stop you right there. I'm, I'm gonna stop you right there, man. Um, so on that point, I gotta I gotta agree with your boss. You you gotta be very careful with that. Um, and I say that because I was you. I was the same way. Um, you gotta be careful with that because there's a lot of people that you and you you gotta remember one thing. And I had somebody tell me this. I don't remember who it was, but I had somebody tell me this, and it's, it's it, it hit me when they told me this. And since they told me it, it changed my head. Who are you to tell somebody they can't join the Marine Corps? Mm-hmm. Who who are you? Are you the grand old maid of the Marine Corps? Are you Dan Daly? Are you freaking, you know? And what I mean by you're nobody, it doesn't mean like, you know, I don't take it like that. What I'm saying is that you, you're not the end all be all. You're not the guardian of the gate. You're not the guy who stands there and says, hey, this person can and can't be a Marine. And we have to understand as a people and as a Marine Corps and as recruiters and as we have to do the due diligence of people and make sure that we're just taking care of them um, and doing the right thing by them. So don't just walk by people because they don't fit your description. Don't just, you know, just dismiss someone because they're not your thought of a Marine because guess what, man? There's somebody who met you years ago and there's a reason why they didn't choose you to be a Marine the first time they met you. So what I would say is just be be cognizant of who you're talking to and give everybody the opportunity to be a Marine. Now, are they going to qualify? No, but your job as a recruiter is to talk to everybody and anybody and just to make that happen. So right now at this moment, man, I know that you got a lot of things going on and I know that you actually have to get back to work. Um, so this is part one of effort, I quit. Um, and I just want to, you know, just just remind you guys out there who are doing this and who are trying to kill it out there. You know, bro, there's going to be times, there's going to be ups, there's going to be lows, there's going to be highs, there's going to be, you know, ups and downs and, and all that. And you, you just got to understand that never before have you ever been able to quit, nor have you ever been told to quit. So for you to start having that mentality now is a problem. So don't quit. Put your best foot forward, come into work tomorrow with a better attitude, come into work tomorrow with a better thought process, and just make it happen. Just win the day, day by day. So for right now, guys, this is all I got, but uh, part two will be coming out um, when when me and my man Dre can hit it back up. So without further ado, Dre, thank you for coming out, and I really appreciate you, brother.